never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Where's my face? And good evening, there everybody. Welcome, welcome into the Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. I my heart stopped again. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at the Real of Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Of course, follow the Barroom Network at Barroom Network. And in case you've missed any of our previous shows, they are on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your shows and media. Uh, we are live on YouTube. Please chime in if you'd like to. We'll be talking about a lot on the show today. It is. The holidays, happy holidays to all. We'll be talking about football at length. We'll be talking about the Chicago Bears fresh off the bye week. And they need it going into a big game uh, against the Eagles. Uh, really not a big game for the Eagles or the Bears, maybe in the tanking sort of things, but the Eagles already clinched a playoff. Um, the quarterback narrative we'll talk about. We'll talk about the storylines around both teams at length. We'll talk the rest of the NFL, MVP race, all those good things. The Bulls just sort of in, they're teetering on free fall, right? Where they just are losing some bad games and they're just, just not looking good. Not looking good. We want to shake up at this before this trade deadline for sure. We'll talk uh, the rest of the World Cup preview. We'll talk about trending topics and surprises along the way. There he is, Mr. Ross Reed. How you doing? How's your week going? I'm good. Um off my hoodie because it's too warm in here go ahead yes uh bear with me today i had some dental work done about three o'clock oh yeah I'm still, like numb on this side so if it, if it looks like or it sounds like I, I i got shot in the face like 50 cent um we're doing this we're, we're doing the, the the through the wire but in podcast version if you want to play some shaka khan not the kanye version obviously you can't do that anymore but I'm gonna I'm gonna power through this this podcast today. Saint Omni is asking where um, where the plates are from. I explained this the first episode, but every time my wife and I go on a vacation somewhere, we always get a souvenir plate. And so all these plates behind me are from Puerto Rico and Montreal and Arizona and Rome and Denver. And I've got a bunch in front of me. We're going to Paris and London in about 30 days. So we get to add to the collection. That'll be our first mm -hmm. time going to Paris and London. So we have about total, uh, probably about 15 plates or so, but yeah. That's a good number. Yeah. yeah and uh, very, I mean, <laughs> very <laughs> are any plates from Humble Park. The only plates are from Humble Park, uh, the, the, the Orozco and Gandules. And I, 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 I scrape those plates clean. <laughs> oh boy. That's right. You got to have some holiday plates at this time right now, too. We, get to, got some, we dusted off our Christmas plates. And uh, again, happy holidays to all. So let's dive into it. We'll be talking about the Bears to lead off and not too much news as far as them, uh, you know, taking the bye week and making sure that the young guys are healthy as far as you know, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon wanting them to be healthy. Justin Fields, obviously very important that he gets his rest before um, facing off against a, a really well-balanced Eagles team. Some might call it the best in the league right now. They seem really unstoppable. They just hung 48 points on, on the Giants. Uh, they're, they're a buzzsaw. So 
what you see, though, is really the, the narrative surrounding the Bears this week is, hey, well, look at Jalen Hurts and look at him in his, his second year here and how he was surrounded with uh, the Eagles weren't cheap. They went and got A.J. Brown. Uh, they drafted well in Devontae Smith, and then they got Quez Watkins, and they got some other guys helping there. But that one two punch of Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown is just impressive enough as is, coupled with Jalen Hurts. He's, he's doing all the things you want Justin Fields to do with a great offensive line, of course, a future Hall of Famer, Jason Kelsey, anchoring that line in front of him and, and uh, just went out um, beyond that as far as guards and tackles goes. But but the narrative is certainly that Justin Fields could have this type of production and lead a, a high-flying high flying offense, Eagles offense, uh, similar Eagles offense like, uh, like they've been doing, and hopefully they would be able to do it as soon as – Next year, because look at the Eagles, they weren't exactly world beaters last year and now sitting at the top of the league as far as record goes. And you can't argue about them probably being that best team in the NFC right now, just stacked. Um, So as far as that's concerned, you know, we'll talk about the matchup shortly, but do you you would see that jump as far as Justin Fields going into Jalen Hurts category, right? I think we all see it with just a little bit of tweaking, right, Ross? I mean, yeah, the talent is certainly there for Justin Fields, right? We don't, we don't uh, doubt that. It just comes down to can Ryan Poles put this roster around him to be able to do that? And, and credit to to um, to what the Eagles have been able to done in short in such a short period of time. I remember even last year during the playoffs, um, you know, Jalen Hurts just did not look good against that Tampa Bay Bucks team, and they went in the off, out in the offseason, and they did what they needed to do to get the right pieces around him. A.J. Brown is a huge, huge addition to that situation. He just opens everything up for Jalen Hurts and the rest of that offense, and then they have an elite defense. They've got a great pass rush. They've got a great secondary, and so they're, they're putting Hurts in plus territory on short fields to be able to go down there and, and drive the football um, and, and, and score, and so they have given you the blueprint, uh, blueprint, excuse me, on how to turn this thing around sooner than later. And you know, these are two teams on Sunday heading in opposite directions. But you hope that the Bears can kind of look at them and and say, this is exactly what we want to be like going into next year and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, they're undefeated away right now. Uh, Jalen Hurts just on fire. He's in that MVP conversation certainly. And you talked about the defense and. You know, it's important to note that you've got to be really well balanced in this league and uh, and they have it in spades. I think, you know, the only thing going for the Bears would be the fact that it's a home game and they've been competitive. They've lost some close games. Uh, just look at so many heartbreaking games that they have lost this season, which, you know, is for the greater good as far as tanking purposes and, and hopefully getting a top draft pick or trading that pick, something like that. So, you know, obviously, coming off the bye week, you you want Brisker and Gordon and Fields and, and these younger guys in the receiving core more healthy going out into this game against the Eagles and, and being at relatively full strength. The offensive line uh, has been, you know, shifting around Tevin Jenkins and company. What, what are you looking for matchup wise? Is there a, any particular you know storyline? Obviously, the quarterbacks is, is uh, you know, playing on opposite sides of the field. But what, what are you looking for as far as, you know, some growth out of this team going into the Sunday matchup? 
Yeah, I think you're looking at how is the offensive line going to be able to stack up against this great uh, Eagles defense in their front line, right? Josh Sweat, guys like that on that front line and been playing outstanding all year round. I want to see Alex Leatherwood continue to get more snaps at the right tackle position and see if he's a piece going forward. We talked about this last time we did the show, but you know, is he going to be a piece that that yeah we can use going forward so you don't have to maybe address another need in the draft? Um, you want to see continue to see um, Tevin Jenkins get continuity at that right guard guard spot. You want to be able to see Braxton Jones continue to take a step forward at the left tackle position. That, to me, is the most important thing going forward. Can those three guys be able to be a piece long-term uh, on that offensive line? Everything else, um, you know, you, it's good to see Brisker and Gordon back out there just because um, concussions, you, you never want to play around with that. And, and so to see those guys kind of bounce back, means that they're in a good place going forward. You want them to be able to to stay healthy and finish out this season. And then always it's, you know, it's Justin Fields. I mean, that's that's what we're looking at for the rest of the season is we want to see him be able, being able to still stack good performances together, um, but also stay healthy because he has to, you know, the last thing you want to see is, um, you know, prayers out to Kyler Murray, what happened to him Monday night. You just don't want to see something like that happen in the last couple of games in the season. That would be absolutely catastrophic, in my opinion. So we want to see Justin continue to ball out, but get him out of these games going forward as healthy as possible. It's the highest scoring team in the league as far as the Eagles are concerned. They're tied for second in rushing yards. You know, the Bears are tops up there as well. It can get ugly very quickly. We haven't really seen the Bears being been blow out, blown out. Excuse me, in a while here. So for me, I, I agree with you. I'd certainly like to see a bit more of what you have in Alex Leatherwood. You continue to see a Pro Bowl season from uh, Tevin Jenkins and and the rest of this team. The, the receiving core has just been so tragic like whatever adjective you want to use to watch you thought that there was a little bit of promise but you knew going into it with darnell mooney as your number one wide receiver weren't guaranteed this to be a great offense especially with justin fields in the second season starting um but you you want to see what you have in velas jones absolutely we want to you're going to open up that playbook because like i said this team is so high scoring as far as the eagles are concerned you're just going to have to have Justin Fields throw as many times as he's thrown this season. I don't think you can get it done if you want to hope to make it at least close, uh, throwing it 25 times, something like that. Open it up. Let the young man throw. He's done it before. Why can't he do it now? He can. I mean, I guess, you know, the the, the flip side of that is we saw what happened at the at the end of his last game, right? And, and you know, route was, was run as poorly as possible and it ended into the, in, an interception. So, but I agree. Um, I want to see Justin. I want to see Justin continue to use his entire tool set for the rest of the year. And, and what I loved about him last game that he played was his, his ability to um, evolve as a passer. He was stepping up in the pocket a lot more. He was uh, scrambling around, but still had his eyes down the field and was able to, to look for guys on the field. He was throwing more anticipation throws. The deep wall looked beautiful. That's something that was kind of lacking early in the season. So let's see if he's able to, to, to continue to put those things together. I don't feel really good about it against this Eagles defense because they are absolutely outstanding. They've been uh, crushing teams all year round. You know, Aldo puts an interesting um, question out in the chat. Um, you know, who do you prefer at, at quarterback? And, and I think right now you just, you, if you have to look at the pieces around it and you, you kind of, you have to lean towards Jalen Hurts right now. He, he might be the, he's right now the MVP favorite 
But that also shows to you how good this roster is around him because he did not look very good last year. I think the ceiling is much higher for Justin Fields. I think if I were to take this Eagles roster with Justin Fields, Justin would probably look a little bit better than Hurts because I think Justin is is um, a more dynamic runner than Hurts, and I think he's a better passer than Hurts. But I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts. He looks outstanding this year. He was putting dimes out there again on Sunday. Granted, it was against the Colts who stink, but you know, again, this is why the Bears have to go out there. And I love Chase Claypool. Yeah, I, I like Chase Claypool. <laughs> Um, and, and, and I like Darnell Mooney and I like Cole Komet and stuff like that, but you need a true number one receiver and all the great quarterbacks in the league have them, right. Burrow has them and, 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 um, and, and Mahomes has them and Herbert has them and so on and so forth. Right. Even Tua Tagovailoa kind of has two of them. So the bears really need to go out there in the off season and, and by any means necessary, see if they can find themselves a true number one wide receiver. Cause it's going to be, um, it's going to be huge towards Justin's growth going into 2023. Yeah. And you thought that Chase Claypool might be that guy. I think there was a lot of praise for that move being made, but we haven't seen it come to fruition yet. It's still at this point early in the, in the, uh, in the move, as far as him being a Chicago bear, where we can't really judge on that, but I agree with you, Ross, as far as, Look around the league. You got to have that number one. Look at how Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson to make mm-hmm. him look like an, a Hall of Famer. Uh, and I mean, you know, the only kind of outlier is Patrick Mahomes, who had who has a, a pretty good juju, but he's been able to just get it done with any other guy. He has Travis Kelsey too, who is the best security yes. blanket in the league. He's and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, absolutely, he's going to be the best tight end of all time. Probably, you can quote me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Jalen Hurts goes, you know, look at the touchdown interception ratio. That's what you want to see from Justin Fields, right? You want to see him improve in his decision-making going forward because that is paramount. It's going to be such a slim margin when you're in close games and you've seen the difference being, and whether it's on a receiver or whether it's uh, Justin Fields' fault himself, the, the turnovers are going to be very crucial. But he's got all those things. If you if you put an A.J. Brown with him, if you put um, – Again, a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, a guy like that. You could only imagine. We were praising, we were thinking this was a good season for Darnell Mooney going into the season, right? Being the number one. And the only thing that's really stopped it is has been injuries and, and sort of a bad offensive line and, and a younger quarterback, but he does not have the same makeup as the guys I've mentioned who are the security blankets for these quarterbacks. And uh, you know, it raises that question: are you are you going to swing for the fences? in this upcoming draft for one of those guys, because that looks like you look at Jalen Waddle and you look at, uh, you know, um, a bunch of guys in this league, a Chris Olave, a guy like that. You hope that you can find someone like that. Who's who at least it might be Rocky to start, but going to be Justin Fields, best friend going forward. I, you know, you got to root for that. Yeah, absolutely. Right now they're sitting at number three in the draft, right? So let's say hypothetically, you know, you got options there, Jalen Carter could could still be there, the defensive tackle from from Georgia, even though I think Seattle will take a strong look at him at number two. Um, Will Anderson is there, the the outside linebacker from Alabama. But to this point, if the Bears do decide to trade down from that spot, now you're starting to look at like a guy like Quentin Johnston, who is a huge big body wide receiver from TCU. He is the best wide receiver in this draft. And if you make yourself down to around the area of, you know, six, seven, eight in the draft for somebody that maybe wants to move up to, to take a quarterback, he is a perfect, perfect compliment to, to uh, Justin Fields. 
And then look, this is this is the NFL. And the NFL is kind of like the new NBA where every eight to nine months, some disgruntled wide receiver comes on the market, right? Some of these guys get get pissed off in the offseason. We didn't think AJ Brown was gonna get traded last year in the, in the draft. And and I don't even know how many people were calling AJ Brown a, a number one wide receiver in the draft last year, right? Or around that time. And, and uh, you know, the Titans said they didn't want to pay him number one wide receiver money, and he's proven everything that you know that he deserves it and then some. So it, you know, it, when we say number one wide receiver, and I see the guys in the comments, yes, there's probably like 10 to 12 guys in the league right now that are number one wide receivers, but there are a lot of guys who are on the fringe of being at that level, right? Even a guy like Amon St. Brown in, in Detroit, nobody's going to call him a number one wide receiver. Guess what? He's got like 83 catches and almost 900 yards. He's going to finish over 100 receptions and over 1,000 yards and close to 10 touchdowns. That's damn good. For, for, you know, being in that offense with Jared Goff, you know. So we'll see who's going to be available in the offseason. I, I, I don't really want to speculate names right now. You know, some people are saying DeAndre Hopkins to Cooper Cup to, you know, DJ Metcalf to so on and so forth, right? We'll see if anybody's available in the offseason. Hopefully the Bears can can maybe pounce on one of, the guys, one of those guys. I don't think so because I think they, they did trade a lot for Chase Claypool. They traded a high-end second-round pick, which is – you know, almost like a, a first round pick, um, but they might be able to trade down in, from the first round and be able to recoup some draft picks and then take one of these stud wide receivers at the top of the draft. Yeah, and, and Saint brings up a good point in the comments too. You're as far as the Bears' history, you look at Kevin White most recently and just what a, a miss that was. But injuries aside, it couldn't really predict that. And then Alshon Jeffrey, a couple Pro Bowl caliber seasons, and then kind of fizzles out. So you want a a true anchor for this offense. And, and again, that security blanket for Justin Fields going forward. And there, there's just a myriad of issues as we know. And it certainly serves the, the bears to lose that game, which I, I really think we'll give predictions shortly that they would spoiler alert um, as we see the, the spread and the money line right here. But mm-hmm. I, I, mean, it, it, I agree with you, Ross. I need to see a little bit of the, offense take that step and and take a take some swings as far as the you know the offensive line goes it's going to be tough to see how they match up against this this tough eagles pass rush and then you're going to be playing from behind for a lot of the game and again you know i want to see justin fields improve on the decision making but also what what do you have to lose at this point in the season and losing season these reps are going to be important against top caliber talent and, and better defenses um, so that's what I'll see. As far as the defense is concerned, we talked about Brisker and and uh, Kyler Gordon playing. I think they also need to play against the likes of A.J. Brown and these great wide receivers. I mean, look at the NFC North and how they've been able to match up with, with some of the best receivers in the league um, just this year so far and, and to finish out the year. So it's, it's going to be a bloodbath. We know this. Uh, what else are you looking at, Ross? Anything that we missed? Yeah, just everybody stay healthy, please. <laughs> that's that's really all I care about right now. We're heading into Christmas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So everybody just, you know, kind of stay healthy. And, uh, you know, but like you said, every, you know, some continuity is really important. And it's continuity for the coaching staff too, right? We need we need Luke Getze to have more continuity. He, he's he got to, you know, finish this, this season strong so he can go into the offseason and, and improve as a, as a signal caller. This is his first time in the NFL calling plays. 
Um, it's been an up and down year for him, right? So let's see how he comes out after the bye. Um, same thing with Matt Everflew. So let's see how he comes out after the bye because this will be a good indicator on what this coaching staff is going forward. Listen, they might not be able to win this football game on Sunday, but they might be able to keep it feisty, right? They might be able to keep it close for a little while. The, the Eagles, as we've seen, this is not an unbeatable football team, right? Nobody's unbeatable in this league. The Commanders got them early in the year. They've been on the fringe a couple of times. Even the Colts were close against them not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago in Indianapolis. We're both in Chicago right now. It's going to be very cold on Sunday. It's going to be about 25 degrees uh, out there on the lakefront. And, uh, you know, by and large, this is a pretty well-rested Bears team. They've got some injuries. Maybe Chase Claypool's not going to play, but it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they kept this game close. I think the spread, like Aldo had on screen, was that was that Eagles minus nine. Um, if, if the Bears were to at least cover that, it wouldn't sh- shock me at all. You know, and, and listen, if it's worth your 10 bucks to, to put, the, put it on there for plus, you know, 321 for them to win on the money line to give you an extra incentive uh, to, to watch that football game, you can spend ten bucks uh, worse this time of year. Your your, your Overweiss eggnog is ten dollars right now. <laughs> it's inflation. It's a travesty. It's some bullshit. Uh, prediction then. What do you got as far as the score goes? Obviously, the Eagles. You know they're averaging about thirty points a game. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be high scoring. It'll force the Bears into the twenties. I think the Eagles might get into the forties for sure. Yeah. Uh, I talked all that shit, but I got I got Eagles thirty five. I got Bears twenty, <laughs> and I think the, and I think the Eagles will probably cover. But I think that you're going to see a close first first half of football game, and I think the Eagles probably pull away in the second half, which has been a common thing, a theme for for Bears games this year. Right. Yeah. Give me Eagles thirty eight and the Bears twenty one. I think they'll. Uh... Put out a show there. You know, I've seen a lot of the a big storyline this time of the year, too, is also on the, on the note of Matt Aberflus is the, the new coaching hires and how they've been. And, of course, you look at Minnesota, you look at Mike McDaniels in, in, uh, in Miami. But is, I know you don't give out grades, but are you, are you sold on Aberflus so far going forward? You liking what you see? And, and you could trickle it down to the rest of the coaching staff going into next year. Yeah, I mean, so far so good, right? He he's he's very limited right now with his roster, especially on defense. This is a defensive guy; they don't have much on the linebacker position. Their their defensive line is a mess. Um, so I'll be interested to see what he does next year with uh with more options in that area. My biggest critique of him, and this is my biggest critique with all defensive coaches in the NFL, they just aren't aggressive enough on offense. I think that last Packers game, you know, they they took the ball first. He wants to take the ball first. He walks down the field. They get into the red zone, and then he decides he wants to kick a field goal. And it's like your season is basically over right now. Um, you're kicking a field goal when, when to me, you've got the most dynamic weapon on the field in, in Justin Fields. I want to see him be able to go out there and, and see if he can get that ball in the end zone. And then lo and behold, the Bears essentially lost that game off of a off a field goal, right? Off of Cairo Santos field goal that they that they end up missing. And it's like, I want to see you try and use Justin Fields to your advantage and see if you can get seven points in those opportunities where uh, you settle for three. Because that's what that's what Andy Reid does. And that's what, um, you know, you know, uh, Cal Shanahan is going to do. And a lot of these other coaches in the league that you're going to have to eventually uh, go toe to toe with going forward. Yeah, I've, I've liked what I've seen from Matt Aberflus. He has been in a lot of close games and he's it's all upside, right? With a good young quarterback, sky's the limit and, and certainly. You know, looking at, at the opposite end of the, the spectrum or a similar case is Mike McDaniel's getting 
Tua Tungavailoa in his first year and then having this great plethora of wide receivers around him, a good offense, one of the best in the league. But uh, I think Aberflus right now, and I think there's going to be balance in the future. I think coupling with Ryan Poles, and, and we'll talk about just Chicago management, who's closer to championships in a bit here too. Uh, but I think with Ryan Poles that they can they can really make a splash as far as this draft goes and then in free agency because it, it's, as we've talked about, you know, the upside to this losing season is you're going to get a high pick in the draft finally um, after the Khalil Mack trade and all those first rounders are gone. And you got a lot of money to play with in this next offseason. So mm-hmm. you got to be you got to be smart about it, certainly. But but I, I really do have faith in these two right now. I know it's the first year, but I, I think it's uh, hopefully turning this. Good. This is the Bears. This is the Bears fan in me every fucking season, though. So there you go. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about the rest of the NFL. Unless yep, you had a sure. pin on that. No, I mean, listen, we got to give Ryan Poles the benefit of the doubt right now until he proves otherwise, right? Ooh. So I, I think he had a pretty solid draft, minus maybe the, the Vailus Jones pick. Uh, we'll see what he's been able to do with this offseason. Yeah. He's got a ton of money. He's got $100 million in cap space. He should not be outbid. If he has one or two guys or three guys that are on the top of his wish list, he should not be outbid by any team. The Bears have more than enough money to, to spend this offseason, and they don't, they don't really have a lot of guys in their current roster that need extensions, right? Probably Darnell Mooney, and I would even wait another year on Chase Claypool, right? It doesn't hurt you to wait another year on that. And then um, this becomes one of the most important first-round draft picks in a long, long time. They have to hit this first-round pick, and in my opinion – you need to have a superstar to match Justin Fields. And, and, and it's probably going to come on the defensive side of the football, and I'm okay with that. Oh, wow. Defensive side. Well, we shall see. Yeah. All right. NFL, I got to go all the way back to this past Thursday. We saw Baker Mayfield and now in, an, in a new home. That's that's pretty awesome, awesome storyline for a guy who, you know, he's a Heisman winner. And I don't know. I, I root for the short guys, the short kings, and, and how, uh, <laughs> how he's just – was pushed to the side as far as his Cleveland experience goes. But, I mean, good for them. I, we love an underdog story. And and to get thrown in like that, I mean, look at Brock Purdy, too. And for him, and for the Rams in a losing season like this coming off the Super Bowl, uh, that that's best-case scenario when you beat the Raiders, too, which is kind of like an, a faux rivalry. But, I, I mean, the Bengals coming off their fifth straight win this past Sunday really stood out to me. The Lions winning five out of their last, their last six, this most recent one. Against the Vikings, they showed up for that, and they again continue to be a scoring machine. And Jared Goff is is uh, looking really good, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. There, the Eagles, as I mentioned, they've clinched a playoff berth when they just beat the, the tar out of the Giants, hanging forty eight on them. And that might be a preview of what's to come for the Bears. The Ravens have lost some weird games this season, but they've had Lamar Jackson injuries to deal with and trades, but they're still winning and they're at the top of the division tied with the Bengals 49ers. They won big against Tampa with Brock Purdy. Uh, that was super impressive. Of course, the chiefs continue to improve. They, they, it was a close one against the Broncos, but um, Seahawks lost a close one. The, the Dolphins chargers game was really good. Um, you know, I'll talk about playoff projections shortly here and, and other things to look forward to and MVP, all that stuff. But what stood out to you, Ross, from this last week and week 14? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of the losing teams stood out for me. There's some teams that um, were in the playoff race or we thought that were in the playoffs a couple of years ago that are now fighting for their lives. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins, right? They lost that game last uh, Sunday night against the Chargers. Tua Tagovailoa had an awful game. 
And now they they might be uh, struggling to make the playoffs. They have to go to Buffalo this weekend. There's going to be like nine inches of snow on the ground. We, we know Tua struggles to, to, to throw the football um, in inclement weather. And if they lose this game, they're really in jeopardy of, of missing the playoffs. And then the same thing with Seattle. Seattle has a big game in, in less than an hour from now against the 49ers because they need to win this football game. They're, they're struggling right now. And the 49ers absolutely steamrolled the Buccaneers last week, who's lucky that they're playing in a god-awful division. Um, and then the same thing with the Giants. The Giants are just kind of in a free fall right now. Um, it looks like they've come back down to earth. Um, so those three things, those three teams, excuse me, stood out for me because, you know, just two or three weeks ago, we thought that they were going to be in the playoffs. And now – um, all three of them might be on the outside looking in with uh, with about a quarter of the season to go, uh, just a couple more weeks. Um, the other thing that stood out to for me is um, Deshaun Watson looks like shit out there on the football field. He looks terrible. Um, couldn't have happened to a to a better guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think I, you know I think we're all okay with that. Um, but I was a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, it goes to show you that you know taking two taking two years off is is especially at the quarterback position, it's really hard to do. And you have to wonder, um, can he ever get back to that level again? And uh, the Browns would hope so because they're giving him a completely full guaranteed contract. And that contract could look real, real ugly in a year or two if he can't be the, the Deshaun Watson before all this nonsense happened, right? So everybody's talking about Russell Wilson and that contract and it's a mess and stuff like that. Pay close touch to that Deshaun Watson situation because if it doesn't look good and doesn't start to look good, um, you know, not only could it cost Kevin Stefanski his job and the general manager there his job as well, um, but it, it could really set Cleveland back for about a good decade. And, and again, couldn't happen to a better guy and a better franchise. <laughs> the mistake by the leg. Browns fans, stay losing. Uh, that's just, I, I have friends in Cleveland too, and I felt so bad. Like, what are you thinking here with the deshaun watson stuff and that's a case where i don't know like tom brady is dealing with his own personal shit too and i, I don't know i do think that the off the field stuff does carry over to an extent uh but yeah it couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer guy that's just blowing up in his face um you know it, as far as the mvp race goes we touched on jalen hurts and and certainly we haven't talked much about pat mahomes except for you know him him and having that just dynamite connection with Travis Kelsey, talk about number one wide receivers. He's still at the top five of the league for receiving. And Pat Mahomes is already an NFL MVP, super impressive. I, I don't know how the league votes, but it's always, of course, for a quarterback for the MVP in this time of year. But Jalen Hurts is, is a lot to hang his hat on. And, and again, that touchdown interception ratio is really impressive. But Patrick Mahomes, he does these Patrick Mahomes-esque things every week where he has that throw to Jarek McKinnon was just so unbelievable. It's it, it's that type of stuff that maybe it doesn't win you an MVP, but it separates you from the rest of these quarterbacks out there. And we've we've seen this from Patrick Mahomes since he entered the league and how he is probably that best. If you had to just trade all your assets to get one quarterback in the league, it would be Patrick Mahomes, right? And how he's making guys better. You thought he would take a step back, maybe with Tyreek Hill. He had, he had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey before. He has... Best tight end in the league. We know this. And then when McCole Hardman goes out or when Juju goes out, he finds finds a way. Jarek McKinnon steps up. I, I mean, he just has this incredible offense around him. Uh, and being the leader of that gives him, elevates him into the top of the MVP voting 
in my opinion, uh, I don't see anyone who can challenge him. Do you, Ross? I don't. I, I, I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is, you know, from the MVP this year is up there. Um, I love Joe Burrow. In fact, I, I think that Joe Burrow is, is kind of kryptonite right now for Pat Mahomes. I, you know, Joe Burrow has beaten him now like three times in a row. Um, right. I, 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 Joe Burrow is my favorite quarterback in the NFL, not named Justin Fields. But I, I think Pat Mahomes is the most important player in all of sports. I think him and Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo are the two most important players in all of sports because who means more to their franchise and their teams more than those two guys? And also who's like, who are the two unicorns in sports right now? I, I think those two guys are, are true one of ones where like, there's, there's really nobody else there out there like them. And, you know, if you were to call the chiefs and you say, um, you know, what would you, what would it take for us to get Pat Mahomes? They're going to hang up the phone on you. And the same thing with the bucks, right? The Milwaukee bucks are going to tell you we're not trading Giannis Antetokounmpo for anything in the world. And so when you have those two guys like that, I just think they're, they're true unicorns and, and they're amazing athletes. I love watching them every time that they're out there. Pat Mahomes is absolutely outstanding. That pass that he did, I don't know what's next. I think at this point, the only thing that's left is for him to throw like a, 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 a between the legs pass or something like that. He's done everything. Right. Uh, you know, already. He has. The, the across the body throws, that one where it was it's like no look passes, which you would see, I don't know, in the NBA. You wouldn't see them in on on the field in an NFL game are, are just unbelievable. I think the challengers, it's it certainly again, we were we're praising Justin Herbert going into the season and he has lived up to the hype. He's second of Mahomes in yards, and then Bur- Burrow, of course, right there. Uh, but man, just Mahomes as far as stats, you 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 can't discount him and, and just put him in there right away. He's the first to 30 plus touchdown throws in, in the league right now. He's just super impressive. And and you wish that you had a guy like him on the field. You, you see that Justin Fields, what he can do and hopefully emulate those types of things. And, and looking ahead to this next week, it starts off. It starts off today, of course, with 49ers and Seahawks, which has potential for a, a pretty good one. Right. I think, mm-hmm. Obviously, the 49ers, which we didn't talk about too much, and, and Purdy looking like a Hall of Famer, his whole family, that was a good story. And and uh, and Tom Brady, of course, having to sign interception footballs that, that he had thrown. <laughs> footballs is just the opposite end of the spectrum. He's like, ah, it's shitty. It sucks. Like, of course <laughs> it does. Uh, but Purdy, living it up right now, is, is limelight. Um, is, is really great to see. And then there's a lot to look forward to. Is, uh, oh, I did promise some, some playoff standings, too. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it's it's getting tight though. As, as I talked about, the the Ravens making a late push here. The Bengals off that that five game win streak. The Titans they have that benefit of the shitty division. So right now the AFC you got the Bills at the top and Chiefs. They're both wanting that buy. The Ravens have snuck in there to three winning close games and ugly games. If they didn't lose those really close games, they would be right there with the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, yeah, Tennessee at seven and six. The Bengals in Miami. The Bengals is certainly a, a uh, very tough five seed if this would stay. And then the Chargers kind of chasing the Eng- the New England Patriots, and then the Jets. They're all at seven and six right now. In the NFC, we we saw that the Eagles were the first team to clinch. The Vikings are the fakest two seed that that ever faked it before, as as we saw against Detroit. Maybe that's just the divisional rivalry. Who knows. Um, but we saw them play against the uh, Cowboys too, and they got thumped. But San Francisco looking good at nine and four. We'll see what happens when Garoppolo comes back. We got Tampa Bay <laughs> six and seven as the four seed, as as that division is trash. We see a theme here. 
And then Cowboys, very dangerous five seed. And then the Washington Commanders at, at six. And then the Giants are in the hunt. And then Detroit's making this push, too. We haven't talked a lot about a Detroit. And you know how I feel about Detroit. But I, I'm kind of rooting for them to make a push here into uh, into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we get three Saturday games this week now because, right, college football kind of clears out the way here. So Saturday we get a game uh, immediately at, at noon. We get your your Vikings, as you just talked about. They're, they get the host of Colts. So you, you can assume they probably get a good bounce back game there and be able to take good care of them. Um, and then the Ravens uh, have to go to, to Cleveland. That's a big game for the Ravens. They're kind of fighting for their lives right now. Their quarterback situation is a mess. Huntley's been hurt, and, and Lamar's been hurt, so they might have to put the, the rookie in there, uh, the, the uh, their third-string quarterback against uh, the Browns. Um, but then the marquee Saturday game, I, I, I kind of alluded to it, it's Dolphins having to travel to Buffalo. And, um, you know, we, we saw Mike McDaniel, uh, you know, throughout the week he's wearing the T-shirts, it's not cold enough, and, and, and stuff like that. And, and they're kind of leaning into the whole traveling to Buffalo thing. And that's all well and good, and that's all cute, but – Listen, I saw Tua last week throw that football in a uh, in in a, in a partially open uh, SoFi Stadium where it was like 55 degrees, and they had heat, uh, heating lamps on the sidelines for the for the Dolphins, and uh, he did not look good. <laughs> he did not look good out there, and so I get really worried about how he's going to be able to travel to to uh, Buffalo tomorrow and play that football game and and, and, and play it well. I, you know, I, I think the Bills are, are going to beat the crap out of the Dolphins. And this is a game that the Dolphins really, really need. Um, you know, outside of that, there are a couple of fun games this weekend. I think that Cowboys-Jaguars game is sneaky fun. Cowboys have to go to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is, is really starting to pick it up right now to me as a, as a damn good quarterback. The league is Hold in last week. Yeah. good hands going forward with, with, uh, with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields uh, from that draft class. And, um, you know, big game, you know, we talked about Joe Burrow and, and – and, you know, the Bucs kind of need them to win this football game because they could let, you know, somebody like the Saints or the Panthers back into this division. And um, all of a sudden, you got to host the red hot Bengals in, in Tampa Bay after you just got your butts kicked by, by Brock Purdy last week. That's a tough spot right now for, for the, uh, the Buccaneers. So, week 15 is fun. I know this is a, a, a fantasy football weekend for a lot of people. Um, you know, good luck and, to you. Yeah, good luck to you. Set your rosters accordingly. Look out for those injuries and stuff like that. Um, you don't have to wish me luck. We're in the same league. We are. You know I where a, I am. Yep, I got a bye week this week, thankfully, so I don't have to even worry about anything this 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 weekend. Um, no one cares, Russ. It's thank fine. you. I know the way <laughs> fantasy football teams are, are like your dogs. You love the you love your own, but nobody really cares about yours. But no one. <laughs> I don't want to see fucking pictures of, of, and, and of your team and all that. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's, it's gonna, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be another good slate. Thankfully, no bye weeks this week, so we got all all uh, all teams in action this week. I love Saturday NFL action. Um, I, I I love having that, just kind of popping in and out and stuff like that. So, uh, it's fun. It's it's bittersweet because we're, it also lets us know we're there. We're close to the end of the season, obviously, and um and and we're gonna start having to uh, prep for the playoffs, and then after that. It's uh, it gets dark for a while, literally and figuratively. <laughs> it gets dark. It's yeah, all we get into the abyss. Yeah, it's all bad basketball with the Bulls and and the White Sox and Cubs have not done a goddamn thing <laughs> in free agency. They're sitting yep. on their hands right now. Really, just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to as far as 
NFL Saturday action, and then we get Thursday, of course, tonight, and 49ers Seahawks is going to be good. But uh, but at this point, there's there's a lot to look forward to, and and just just soak this in because it will turn into only basketball in before you know it. And to that end, let's transition to the Bulls, which is a very tough transition, and they're pretty bad as, as it was expected with injuries and with just all, all sorts of. I don't know, uh, things working against them right now, not at full strength. And this team coming off a season last year where you saw there was a little flash, you saw the pieces in Levine and DeRozan. In some games, it would be just incredible to watch. And then, you know, a game like the Knicks game, where the Knicks won five straight and they were on the losing end of that, um, at the most recent game yesterday, which was good for the most part in an overtime game. And, and what can you do about that when Jalen Brunson – uh, went off in Julius Randle. But this the same narrative just continues to go here. And and kind of tying into that uh, before we even talk about the Bulls is I, I've seen this question posed a lot. I'm curious, Ross, is it, with all the GMs in town, I, I think, you know, with AK and with uh, with Mark Eversley and then just management as in general, and you look at the Cubs and the White Sox and Ryan Poles and, and the Bears right now, who do you – favor over the others right now i think you know with polls it's the first year you give a little benefit of the doubt hmm. ak and mark eversley you give a little bit of of this the cubs for some reason don't want to spend money they must have spent it all in wrigleyville the white Sox, kind of you know trying to spend money but they, this was the same thing all in the offseason last year where they didn't mm-hmm. do anything and they probably should have swung for the fences and then you know pun intended and then you see they let jose abreu go and it's just those two the baseball franchises i will answer my own damn question and say i don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. uh because they can just sit and and you know have ticket sales go go through the roof anyways and and just you know sit on that but i think between Bears and the Bulls, it's got to be one of those GMs, right? Yes. I, I mean, I would put it, I would give it to Ryan Poles, to be honest with you, because he has the best player. So anytime you have the best player, got a franchise um, quarterback, yeah. Yeah. And, and coincidentally, that's not even the player that he drafted. That, that's Ryan Pace uh, pick, right? But um, he has the best player out of, out of all these guys. He's got the, the, the real true superstar, in my opinion, but he also has the most resources. He has the most cap space and he has the best draft pick going into this offseason. So I, I put my faith in him the most. Um, I think he has the, the, the best to build off of. My second pick is actually Rick Hahn. I, I think that Rick Hahn is actually a, a solid general manager that the, the White Sox have been to the playoffs multiple times. Um, you know, they under his watch, I, I think that he's put together a solid nucleus. I think he just has a dipshit for an owner. Um, and, 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 you know, anybody that knows me as a White Sox and Bulls fan knows I, I absolutely detest uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. And he's a big reason why those two franchises are, are where they are. Um, yeah, he's very cheap. Um, you know, our tourist kind of service, I, I want to put trust in him. But Patrick Williams is, is is turning out to be a very mediocre basketball player, as everybody's saying in the comments right now. I said when they signed Lonzo Ball, I was not a fan of it because I thought that he was very injury prone. I didn't think he was worth $20 million a year for a guy that really couldn't complete uh, a season. And um, and and look at and let's look at the 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 Vucevic trade, right? Like all of a sudden they they traded that they traded him in. They and he's making over $20 million a year. And um Wendell Carter Jr. has become a solid player on a much cheaper contract. The Magic draft their Franz Wagner with the with the pick that they got from the Bulls, and he is a budding, 
budding all-star player. He will make an all-star team at this point. And they still have a top four protected pick for uh, uh, this year from the Bulls. And so that's just an awful trade. He got fleeced on that trade. And, um, and, and so I get worried about that as, as, a, as a general manager going forward. Also, I, I get worried that he's, again, going to be handcuffed by the owner who's not going to um, want to blow this whole thing up, right? Because he wants to put bust in the seats at the United Center. Came out this week that For- Forbes named uh, the Bulls the the fourth valuable franchise in the NBA right now. And uh, I just That's don't think right. that the Bulls are going to, to want to tank and do the smart thing, which is probably trade DeMar DeRozan and trade Vucevic yeah. and trade these other pieces and try and get into the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes and just press the reset button. Uh, the only thing I won't agree with in the comments is, is I mean, I agree with the slander to recent memory, but Reinsdorf is, you know, his, his rings speak for himself. And, and obviously bringing that, that, that White Sox championship and those six rings speaks for themselves. But it's, it's got to be polls and it's got to be that, that combination of him and, and uh, co- coaching Aberflus and, and hopefully, you know, doing, you know, turning the page as far as, you know, what you talked about, Ryan Pace had Justin Fields, which was a big move. And then mm-hmm. uh, that takes care of itself. And now you, you've got to really like mess this thing up. If, if you, if you go down as, as the worst in this class of, of owners and, and as far as general managers and all this and, in uh, these franchises right now. So uh, I think it, it, well, with the Bulls, you know, Ross, I, I, I don't know what to make of them. I know that the Vooch trade, everybody hates on. I get that. And and DeRozan probably, if you were to, to go back in time, say, yes, this is nice to, to just help out the box score, just to help out scoring. And he's got the best mid-range jumper in the game. But is he winning you games? And are you getting at, at the end of the day? Are you getting younger and you're getting a, a cohesive unit? Because you see what Julius Randle is able to do, and you see what the Bigs are able to do against the Bulls repeatedly. And they that that's the big weak spot for for this team is there's no presence in the post. And Patrick Williams is it's really inconsistent for him. He doesn't look certainly like like that great pick that uh, that w- that was advertised as it was. And uh, I- I'd like for them to really shake it up. That would certainly elevate them in this conversation. But well, I-, I don't uh, really have right now. Yeah, and the Bulls have to show up and, and, and act like, you know, we're playing basketball in 2022. This roster right now is built to be a 1998 uh, roster right now. Um, and, and, you know, the, if you're trying to compete in this current NBA, you have to – you know, shoot 43s a game. You're going to have to make anywhere between 18 to 20 of those threes a game right now. And, and that's just not where they're at. They only, they take the least amount of threes in the NBA. Um, so they're making the least amount of threes in the NBA. You just can't compete with the Golden States and the Bostons of the world and, and all these top teams. That's where the league has trended. If you can't see that, then I start to question the, you know, you know, how you can put a roster together right now, the build, the bulls have no movement on the court, They've got no size. They get killed on the boards every single night, and they have no three-point yeah. shooting. And until they can can address those needs, they're just going to continue to be a bad basketball team. The NBA has gone more towards you know having a ton of wings out there, just a ton of positionless basketball players, right? Six, eight, six, nine guys out there on the floor who can be able to spread and and, and switch and stuff like that. I watched that game last night against the Knicks, and I saw the Knicks run the same goddamn play twelve possessions in a row. 
it was high pick and roll with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle so they can get Alex Caruso switched on to, to Julius Randle. And then when the Bulls came and doubled, they kicked it out to the three-point line, and the Knicks made over 23s last night, and that's how they lost a, That's how they lost the basketball game. It happened 12 possessions in a row, and I watched it. And Bulls cannot match up with those kind of teams that have that kind of combination of size, positionless basketball, and be able to shoot the three. It's tough to watch when you think that there was at least a little bit of promise. And and the fact that Lonzo Ball has not been playing for the Bulls is, is really terrible to see because you wonder at least with this unit at full strength, if if they could really be competitive uh, in, in the East and, and in the league as a whole, in the association. But but you just have seen it, certainly, like you said, Ross, and like I've said, and, and being killed in the, in the paint and, and really just no answer for the bigs of the league where I feel like a lot of the offense is funneled through or at least going to make these three-point shots that you just haven't seen it from, from the Bulls. Uh, and so it's, it's going to be tough sledding for, for the rest of um, this season for sure. And, and you've seen it really early on when we're you know only in, in December as far as this very young season. The, the, the NBA season is so long. So it's, it's tough to see. Mm-hmm. What about World Cup? What do you got, what Ross? Yeah, absolutely. What, what was that? <laughs> I got it. Well, yeah, I, I don't have a, I don't have a desktop here, so <laughs> just talking with my hands. Croatia and Morocco in third place game, and then Argentina and France. We got Messi against France. Yeah, Pretty against good. against uh, Mbappe, and, and absolutely. I, listen, you're getting the two best teams uh, in the World Cup left. You're, you're getting the two best teams out there in Argentina and France. So um, they, they've been the most skilled. They've been the most athletic. Messi is is arguably going to go down as the greatest soccer player of all time next to Pele, uh, who's been, uh, side note, dealing with some health issues. So please get well, Pele. We, we want to see you uh, stick around a lot longer, obviously. But Messi's been outstanding, but then – um, France has, uh, you know, has with Gerard and Mbappe, these guys are dynamic young athletes. Mbappe is as skilled as it gets out there. And so I'm extremely excited for this, um, for this World Cup final. I'm most excited about the fact that it shows up at nine o'clock in the morning on the Sunday. That was the perfect appetizer to NFL action. I love these soccer games. You know, they, here's shout out to, to soccer. You know, the one thing that they got right. Shout out to soccer. <laughs> when the game starts at 9 a.m., it starts at 9 a.m. That ball is kicked off at 9 a.m. There's no there's no bullshit like like the extra songs or commercials or I don't have to hear some guys that are you ready for some soccer and like all this other nonsense and and subway commercials and all this other and like I don't have to see a Manning cast and and you cut to a commercial here and there. They are playing soccer in, at, on the dot. It stops at halftime. They do their little thing, and they get right back at it. I appreciate that so much. I wish that we can do that across all American sports. Cut this this bullshit minutia before these games. When I watch an NFL game, the Bears game, they say it starts at noon, and that game's not going to kick off until 12-12 in the afternoon. It's like, what are we doing here? And then they'll kick off, and then they'll take a commercial break, then they'll come back, and so on and so forth. I digress. But um, – <laughs> I'm rooting for France this Sunday um, I, just because I, I, I'll be there in, in, in about a month. And I think it'll be really cool to be in the country that, that actually won the World Cup and, and kind of see them celebrate. And I get to bring home some, some authentic World Cup gear uh, that, might be, right. that, that might be worth something down the line. They'll, they'll be a back-to-back champions. I think it's the first time that's happened in like 
30 years or something like that. Well, this is like the Super Bowl on crack, right? You see, you saw all these Argentina fans chanting outside of Messi's grandma's uh, third floor apartment or whatever. And they were like, why is she living there? Because she wants mm-hmm. to live there. And she's, she's earned that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then France was also rioting. And, and Mbappe, also a good story. He, he like checked on that fan who he hit with a, with a soccer ball at some point, mm-hmm. which was a, mm-hmm. a class act. Um, but man, it, it it should be wild to see. I do like the nine o'clock start time, and and you'll uh, you'll get a similar you will get the same one for the third place game. I know Croatian Marco, and as Nelly said, two is not a winner, and three nobody remembers. But third place means a lot. So it's uh, it's exciting to see this come to a conclusion for sure. It is, and I, I'd be remiss if we didn't say uh, rest in peace to Grant Wall, who's an outstanding uh, reporter. Yeah who has covered uh, soccer in the United States since I was a young guy. I, he was a big reason why I even started paying attention to soccer as, as somebody yep. growing up. His, his outstanding work as a journalist for Sports Illustrated. And, um, you know, he, he went to move on. He, he was largely independent. But he he's a big reason why soccer is even on the radar a little bit in the United States. He educated a lot of people on the sport. And um, he was an outstanding uh, journalist. Um, but most of all, he was a husband and he was a father. And um, so rest in peace to him and uh, his family as well. Uh, he, he's definitely going to be missed. He made a, a lot of outstanding contributions to the sport of soccer, um, but also he just sports in general. He actually wrote the the cover story for LeBron James when he was back at at um, back in high school uh, in Akron. And, and that most famous cover that LeBron had when he was in, in high school that's a Grant Wall story. So he was just an outstanding journalist, and he's going to be uh, greatly missed. Yeah, a real talent, and and there was a photographer who died too. And there's just been, you know, like any Olympics or or World Cup, there's there's uh, you know, it's it's still people's livelihoods that we talk about. And Grant Wall mm-hmm. was just really shocking, I think, for for a lot of people in media, and just spoke really highly of him. And and we're seeing him through the weeks leading up to. To when he died and yeah that burst blood vessel is just a terrible terrible thing and um you know we wish his family well of course and let's transition to trending stuff i guess ross and we'll mm-hmm. uh <laughs> transition on a dime there what i want ross we haven't done a top five in in, in a while and i know you can uh you can improvise here it's, Kanye, it's Kanye, 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 we got Kanye on hiatus for a while bringing, we keep bringing this up dude yeah you you can listen He's to on hiatus you can listen to Kanye at home in the dark and working out or whatever, but you can't go in public and listen to Kanye. It's like a lot of your, your shit like that. I want, I want Kanye. I want Kanye to work on his mental health. And, and obviously speaking of health, mental health, rest in peace to, to Steven Twitch boss, who was the outstanding dancer DJ for Ellen DeGeneres. Right. We, we know obviously how he passed away. So I want everybody to work on their mental health uh, now finishing this year going into the new year and keep that an ongoing topic uh take away the stigma surrounding mental health right it's it's not a um it's not a crutch it's 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 something that happens to a lot of us and um you know if you need the help out there feel free to reach out to anybody a friend a family member a stranger um but i want everybody to definitely work on that kanye west and and going forward so that's where we're at right now with kanye but rest in peace to twitch that's most important right now to me that man had uh, had yeah. also had a wife and, and, and family as well. And uh, obviously he was dealing with some demons and, um, you know, he he's in a better place right now. Hopefully he's rust. He's rusting well. But top five. I don't know how to transition from this. 
There's no better way to do it. You can no you better way. do it. We're professionals, baby. Your top five Christmas movies, Russ. What yeah, do you got? Top here? five Christmas movies. Shout out, shout out to gonna, the, the yeah, go ahead. You can I'm you gonna can do, do this off the fly. This is not any research. Home Alone is on my list. Yeah. Um Elf is on my list. Sure. Um I do not count Die Hard as a Christmas movie, so that cannot be on my list. But I will also go. Oh, uh, a Christmas Story is on my list. Um, the Bill Murray that's version so of Scrooge is on my list as well. And um, number five, what would be number five? What would be number five? Um, does Nightmare on Christmas count? Absolutely. Yeah. Of course it does. Shout out to Tim Burton. Um, outstanding. Yeah, I'm a huge Tim Burton fan growing up. That's my top five right there. Brother, you, you missed Jingle All the Way. Nope. The Holiday. That. Nope. Didn't miss that. <laughs> a Madea Christmas. <laughs> Definitely didn't miss that. <laughs> Trading Places is kind of a, a Christmas yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely is. It I is mean, absolutely. I mean, Dan Aykroyd eating like salmon pulled out of his jacket in the subway is still an all time uh, best moment in com comedy. Yes. I think the yes. Grinch is up there. You know, you could put the short version. The Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey just being in character is so yeah. wild and, and how well he did the Grinch. Yeah. But, but my top five is. Go I, ahead. I prefer the new Grinch that came out um, in large part because um, Tyler, the creator, as we both uh, very love, you love very much. The soundtrack for that, and it's just an amazing soundtrack scattered throughout the movie. So watch the the new animated version of The Grinch. That's outstanding. My son loves that movie. That's a valid point. I think you know. Recently, we have like the night before an office Christmas party have, mm -hmm. have made a run, but you know, as far as the classics go, I'm with you. I got in no particular order. Elf, mm -hmm. uh, Scrooged, mm -hmm. Bill Murray. Come on, mm -hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas, mm -hmm. Home Alone, mm -hmm. and uh, Christmas Vacation. Yes. Mm -hmm. With yes. Chevy, yes, yes, absolutely. Shout out to uh, Beverly D'Angelo uh, as well, who's in that movie, and um, and Why Randy Quaid because <laughs> she looks. Hey, listen, she she looks great. She was she was great in those movies, and uh, Randy Quaid is awesome. It's a Wonderful Life is a is one of my favorite, my mother's favorites, along with Miracle on Thirty Fifth Street. Um, I, when I was in New York City a couple a couple weeks ago, just walking past that Macy's kind of brings the, back the nostalgia of that movie and stuff like that. Um, in the side note, too, if you guys haven't watched it yet, not a Christmas movie, but um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is on Netflix right now. Top 10 movie of the year. It's absolutely outstanding. Animation is terrific. Oh, wow. The writing is terrific. It's a fun movie. Be careful around your little, little kids. It's a little creepy, um, but it's an outstanding movie. And um, I can't wait to go see Avatar. I, I know we, there's not a lot of Avatar buzz right now. But, couldn't we've waited forever for this? Hey, but listen, I, I promise you, it's probably going to be the most beautiful movie we've seen in like 10, 12 years. And as somebody that's bitched the moan about all this Marvel CGI and all this nonsense, I can't wait to actually watch the master <laughs> Jim Cameron bring that's us incredible. back a true, true action film again. He yeah. is the true master of the action film from Terminator 2 uh, on down to True Lies and obviously the first Avatar on Titanic. I can't wait to watch this. It's the combination, his, his direction and the way he was able to just pioneer that, that type of technology. I remember seeing that for the first time as far as Avatar goes in, in IMAX and I was like, oh my God, what have we been missing here between yes. that and the, the Dark Knight were like similar times. We've been waiting a long time for Avatar. 
Uh, Pinocchio, I should not show Lily. Okay, I won't show my daughter that. Don't show her that yet. That's show her the Disney version, not this version. Uh, although your to answer your in, in comments, the first part of True Romance was in Detroit. Um, also, the first part of uh, Beverly Hills Cop was in Detroit, and um, out, out of sight, the George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez movie. The second half of that finishes in Detroit. I, I'm an encyclopedia of movie knowledge. Well, happy holidays to everybody except those from Detroit. And uh, <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, we've run out of show, my friend. Thanks to everybody for listening in. Thanks to everybody for commenting. This this was a, definitely a fun one. And yeah. talking in the comments, we, you know, it's a lot of just riffing off uh, off the topics that come into this chat. So thank you to all the barflies for sure. Uh, remember to check out all our previous episodes. If you missed any of this one, it's going to be on YouTube. It'll be on Spotify, iTunes. If you want audio only, check out all the previous Mac and Read episodes. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow the Barroom Network, follow us on Twitter, follow me at the Real Evan Mac, follow Ross at Ross Reed. Uh, and remember, there will be science fiction tonight, I think. Aldo didn't Maybe. plug it, but I'm sure there is. I don't know what they're talking about, but I like those guys. We'll cross Maybe it's Avatar. Oh, here he is. A thumbs up. <laughs> it Maybe it's great. Avatar. That's all we need. It could be Avatar. It should be Avatar, right? It should be Avatar. So for now, Absolutely. everybody be good to each other out there. We say deuces. So long. Peace. Ooh.